0: on today's locked on Jayhawks we are at the halfway point of the season we're through the second quarter of the season stocks up stocks down for things of KU football on our second quarter report you are locked on Jayhawks your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks part of the locked on podcast network your team every day I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence with Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Thanks for making Locked On Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can also find us on our YouTube page where you can like and subscribe to the show. Thank you to all the everydayers out there tuning in to each and every episode. On today's edition of the show, we're doing our core Quarter two report: stocks up, stocks down, uh, what would be good over the next quarter coming up in the next three games for KU football. First, this episode of the show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. All right, so uh, let's start with stocks up, then we'll get to where stocks down. I think stocks up on the defense. So uh, as we're going over these different stocks up and stocks down, uh, there's two ways of looking at it. Stock up or stocks down from where they were in the first quarter or stocks up or stocks down from where they were at the beginning of the season. Clearly, from where we were in the offseason, from when the season began, you didn't know what to expect from the defense. We talked a lot about could there be improvement and why we thought there could be improvement. Um, But so far, you've seen that stock rise up and that the defense has been better than maybe you thought or maybe it was from a season ago. But I also think it's up from where it was over the first three games over the first quarter of play because you faced better competition now. You know, over the first three games, it was Missouri State, Illinois, Nevada. Now, over the last three games, you've played BYU, Texas, and UCF. And in the case of BYU, you get two defensive touchdowns in the K and you hold them to under 30, uh, which I think typically we're talking with this KU defense, if you hold all your opponents to under 30, I think you take it. With the UCF game, you keep them to 22, and that's an offense that even after the game is still like at the top or near the top in a lot of different statistical categories in the Big 12. And you keep them to 22, and then against Texas, you know you weren't great, giving up over 600 yards, but you got dealt a bad hand. You were exhausted. A lot of players to be out there for in the heat. Your offense had seven straight drives that getting a first down Uh, you were decently opportunistic with you know forcing them to miss field goals or bending but not breaking in a couple different circumstances I think the stock's up on the defense whether you look at it from the start of the season or from the first quarter of play and how they're playing And, and you got it done with a lot of different ways your pass rush has been really good so far this season with Austin Booker Jeremy Robinson Hayden Hatcher Patrick Joyner and the guys that you're rotating in there even beyond those um, The coverage, you know, we have Kobe Bryant that obviously helps you out in coverage, but you've got an experienced secondary from the corners and safety position. Linebacker group has really started to come along now. You don't just have the the Rich Millers of your experienced guys, but we've seen flashes from J.B. Brown, seen flashes from Cornell Wheeler. Tywin Berryhill's been working through an injury, but we saw his best game of the season last week. So really at every level of the defense, you're seeing that improvement in different flashes and things to like. And that's why stock's up on the defense. Uh, stock is up on KU having one of the best running back duos in the country, Daniel Hyshaw in the second quarter of play, so the last three games has stopped fumbling. He fumbled in all three of KU football's first three games. So, of the first quarter of the season, you lost the one against uh, Missouri State. And, uh, I I Actually, I don't remember if he fumbled in the third game against Illinois. I know KU fumbled, but I don't remember if it was him specifically. Either way, he stopped fumbling, and that's like the one negative against Daniel Hyshaw because he's an athletic running back who's super powerful, who runs like a train running through a tree. I mean, it's just unbelievable how powerful this guy is. And and so, you know, with Daniel Hyshaw, he's got all the talent in the world, so he stopped fumbling in the second quarter. He hasn't had a fumble through the last three games. Um, and Devin Neal and Daniel Haish have been pretty great so far, and and that was you know super apparent over the last three games, including the last one against UCF, when they both ran for over 130 rushing yards. Which I think it was like the first KU duo of running backs to both of them have like 130 or more rushing yards in the same game. Since I think it was like June Henley and LT Levine back in the '90s for KU. Obviously, you've had some other good running back duos, whether it was Puka Williams and Khalil Herbert or James Sims and Tony Pearson or you know Brandon McAnderson and and jake sharp um but right now this is looking like one of the better ones that that you've had in in program history i mean so far combined they have over a thousand yards rushing they are uh first among power five teams in rushing yards by a duo they are second in all of fbs in rushing yards by a duo they've been dominant in what they've been able to do so even though we already had high stocks and, and high expectations and hopes and thoughts about the running back duo and the running back room. They've risen up even more because they've gone from being, yeah, this is a really good group to being like, yeah, there's proof right now with the stats that this is an elite group. Again, number one among power five teams in uh, the the duo of your two running backs for total rushing yards right now. I mean, think about it. That puts you on pace for over 2,000 rushing yards between the two players. That'll work. Uh, stocks up on non-offensive touchdowns. KU has gotten a lot of scores from non-offensive touchdowns, especially in this uh, second quarter. So, you have the two defensive touchdowns that you scored against BYU. The Kobe Bryant hit, scoop and score fumble. Then you have the pick six by Kenny Logan, that same game. Now you get a special teams touchdown with Trevor Wilson on the punt return touchdown. And uh, you nearly had a second one with Kenny Logan. As good as your offense is and as much as proved as the defense has shown to be, You still need plays like this over course of a season to have a special season. And right now they're having some of those with three non-offensive touchdowns all over the last three games, really impressive stuff from what they've been able to do as far as players stocks up for individual players. Well, Cornell Wheeler, he only played 14 snaps last game. um, But the two before he played a total of 64 snaps in relief for some injuries with like Taiwan Berry Hill at the position. And he played very well in both of those games. So Cornell Wheeler, uh, a guy who wasn't playing a ton, now over the last three, you, you're basically averaging about 25, 26 snaps per game. Stock is up on Cornell Wheeler, both in terms of the amount of play time and the performance. Now, with Tywan Berryhill back, continues to play like he did last game and coming back from the injury where he looked a lot healthier. Um, it's going to be harder for Cornell Wheeler to crack the rotation. But from where he was at the beginning of the season, where it was like, will he be on the two deep or not? Um, clearly, he has kind of established himself in that vein, Taiwan, Barry Hill stocks up, you know, he was injured early and I talked about how he struggled against Texas and that I thought it was understandable because he's clearly playing through an injury. You just worried how that was going to affect things going forward, but you saw a much healthier Taiwan, Barry Hill last week. And I think when Taiwan, Barry Hill's healthy, you do have a good linebacker there. And that's what we saw against UCF. And he was so good last game. He was top graded defender on pro football focus. Uh, had a bunch of tackles, I think eight tackles for the game. Arrows pointed way up because of the last game, especially when you compare it to the first three games for Barry Hill. He was, you know, dealing with those injuries and missing games, and now you look a little bit healthier. You have your best performance of the season. So Stock pointed up there, and I think overall you just stay Stock's pointed up on the linebackers because of those two. Uh, stock's up on O.J. Burrows. He had an up-and-down start to the season on pro football focus, He had grades of 59 and 45 in the first two games of the season. He was solid in week three, but overall those first two games weren't his best of the year. Um, He's been awesome lately. 13 tackles against Texas. Then he was KU's highest graded uh, pro football-focused defender. I I said it was Hill. Berryhill. Berryhill was actually second. Uh, And Burroughs was first against UCF. So he was good in coverage, good tackling lately. Burroughs, who is somebody I've been very high on ever since he was a true freshman at KU, is having his best run of play lately and the stock is going up on him. Austin Booker stocks up on him. He's been excellent all season long, but really over these last three weeks feels like he's hitting his stride. He has 13 quarterback pressures over the course of this season. Nine of the 13 came in the previous three weeks. He had four in the first three weeks, nine over the last three weeks. So stock is up on Austin Booker, and he's really uh, continued to progress each and every week as as just a redshirt sophomore, still a young player. A couple other D linemen to quickly mention here, whether it's playing time increase or performance increase. Patrick Joyner, Keenan Caldwell are starting to play more, and I thought played well the last week. Uh, DJ Withers is kind of starting now over Tommy Dunn, but still those two guys are rotating. So I wanted to at least mention those guys. Craig Young has stock going up. You know, the first three weeks of the season, Craig Young missed two tackles and he had nine targets against him for seven catches and 84 yards. He had pro football focus grades of 56, 52, and 67. The last three weeks, he has missed zero tackles. He has 11 targets against him, so more targets than he had in the first three weeks, but he's only given up five catches instead of seven. He's only given up 30 yards instead of 84, and he has pro football focus grades of 71, 69, and 67. Seems like he's hitting the ground running and really starting to find his footing as well. For what it's worth, Jason Gilliam, his backup, also has his stock up. Did not play in weeks two and three, 46 snaps over the last three weeks, and a couple of big flash plays for you. Uh, Daniel Hyshaw, going back to the running back stuff, last three games, 35 carries, 238, three touchdowns, most importantly, no fumbles. And then Armaj Reed Adams, he missed the first game and only played 28 snaps at Nevada because of some injury stuff. Uh, so you've played more now, so stock's up in terms of playing time. But also, he has over an 80 pass block grade versus BYU and UCF, and uh, they were in the 60s against Texas, which is like kind of just an average number. So I'm uh, Marjorie Adams seeing his uh, stuff go up here. All right, let's get to uh, what stocks down or maybe stocks neutral coming up in just a moment. First, this episode of the show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Don't be caught unprepared. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form. and In some cases, jump on a quick call with some, one of their on or their uh, board certified physicians. You get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment related questions, doctor created, doctor recommended. I filled out myself. It was such a super easy process. Like took like five minutes Then the stuff got shipped to my door a few days later. Now I have it and I have that peace of mind. It's simple. You go online, fill out a form, you get a prescription for life-saving medications right to the door. The J S case gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access medication in an emergency jace medical makes sure you have the medication in hand get 20 dollars off on these life-saving antibiotics today from jace medical by using my code lock on at checkout on jacemedical.com that's j-a-s-e medical.com stocks down and stocks neutral Um, Let's start with uh, stocks down on a healthy Jalen Daniels. So there was a report on uh, Tuesday from Pete Thamel that he was doubtful for this weekend's Oklahoma State. Not that that's really surprising to me or anything. That can make sense. He missed another game. You have the bye week for him to get ready. But it seems like the more you kind of hear get alluded to, the more you're starting to worry and be concerned that this is going to be a long-term injury. And I've talked about this before. It's frustrating for Jalen. It's frustrating for the fans. It it sucks. And I think the the frustration is elevated from the fan standpoint because of the lack of clarity from the coaching staff and and from everything. I think there are a couple of reasons for that. One, maybe they just honestly don't know. Maybe it's a weird injury. Two, because of what happened with the Jalen Daniels injury last year with some of the reporting stuff that leaked out and whatnot. And three, I think that's just how kind of Lance Leipold likes to play this stuff. Um, even though it is something that is bothering the fans at this point. um, And it sucks because Jalen Daniels wants to be out there and he's a really good player. And, uh, you know, Jason means really good, but you obviously do miss Jalen Daniels. So uh, it, it's not the stocks down on Jalen Daniels. I'm still buying all the stock on Jalen Daniels. I, I still love the kid. I, I love the player and everything he does. But stocks down on him being healthy for the rest of the way this year. And who knows how long he's going to be out for. You know, this could be a long-term thing for KU and for Jalen Daniels. And, and you just hope at some point he can have a fully healthy season for you. I don't know what the answer is. Maybe if he's going to be out a long time, maybe you do end up redshirting him this year and giving him two more years uh, starting with next year, because Jason Bean would obviously uh, be gone after this year. Uh, Stock's neutral on lack of clarity on the Jalen injury, because even though it is starting to, I think bother people more, that's been the case all the way through. And then stock is down on chances of playing the big 12 title game. However, stock is up on being a top three team in the Big 12. You would think that these teams would run counter from each other, that it's like, oh, if your stock is up on being a top three team in the Big 12, clearly you have a better chance of going to the Big 12 title. The problem, though, is that the top two have looked so good. Texas blasts KU when it's 40 to 14, and they've looked so good outside of the Oklahoma game. And even then they lose a close game to Oklahoma in which they got stopped at the goal at literally like the one inch line one time and had a turnover in inside the five yard line. Otherwise they probably win that game. Um, Dylan Gabriel was outstanding. And then Oklahoma, you look at their schedule and you know, they might be able to run the table and go undefeated. So it feels very much like Oklahoma and Texas are on a collision course to re-meet in the big 12 title game. It's going to be hard for somebody to usurp those two, but it is absolutely wide open in the big 12 for third place. Like right now, the conversation is like West Virginia, Kansas state, Kansas BYU, who you already beat. Um, I guess if Oklahoma state beats Kansas this weekend, as bad as Oklahoma state started, if they were to have back-to-back wins over KU and K state, they would get vaulted into the conversation because a lot of the teams have struggled, right? Like, I mean, a lot of the new coming teams have, have got off to slow starts. TCU has struggled so far this year, losing a couple of times. I don't know, maybe do you throw Iowa State in there? They lost to Ohio, though, but they've been much better in Big 12 play. So I don't know. It's wide open for who that third best team in the Big 12 is, and you have a real stake, a real claim that that can be you. I think if you win this weekend at Oklahoma State, to me that becomes kind of a, a thing of like, okay, yes, I feel comfortable saying that. Right now it feels like maybe you'd lean that way, but you still want to kind of see more. But certainly if you get this one out of the way with Oklahoma State, and uh, get a win over a team that you know k-state who's in the discussion for this spot even after they've had kind of a slow start um you get a win that they didn't have then maybe you feel a little bit better about that being a case but certainly it feels like this is a top five team in the big 12 with kansas after the way that you just uh, kind of picked apart and beat down ucf so uh yeah stocks up on being a top three team stocks up on being a top five team in the big 12 but maybe stocks down on making it to the big 12 title game because now you you know, have to deal with two really elite teams, two top 10, maybe top five teams in Oklahoma and Texas, one that you've already lost to with the head-to-head, and uh certainly gonna be tough to take down OU in a couple weeks, though you would be coming off a bye week with homecoming. So I guess who knows? And, and you've played Oklahoma well so far in the landslide Pildera. This feels like an even better OU team, though. Uh stock is down on receiver usage and the numbers for the receivers. Now, I don't think this is necessarily stocks down on the receivers. Like, I I don't think the receivers are playing any worse than they were a season ago. Uh, You look at pro football focus, they still are top 10 in the country in receiving grade so far this season. Uh, I do think you're seeing more and more of this year that last year, the receivers are still very talented. You've got a bunch of guys that you can rotate in or, or do different things with, but you don't really have that guy. Uh, th- that is like hey i'm going to catch like a-, a bubble screen and make a couple guys miss or you know like you look at what missouri has with like luther burden or you look at um what they were like maybe trying to bring in via the portal over the off season but you know you weren't able to kind of have that accomplished somebody that can just make a bunch of dynamic plays with the ball in their hand they're more of good receivers of getting open on routes or making contested catches or jumping up and making jump ball grabs and that's what they excel at and so maybe that's what we're seeing here that that you know at, at times it's going to be easier to factor out there are other times where they've just run the ball well or in the texas game you couldn't move the chains so there weren't a lot of touches to be had around for everyone but so far there's not a lot of you know usage there for the receivers and the pass catchers and you know, it's a combination of all those things. You run the ball well, you're running it a lot, you have a lot of good, uh, good options, and you're throwing the ball around, you're balancing it. That a lot of guys like you look at this past game, like Mason Fairchild had three catches, Luke Grimm had two, like everybody else had like one or less, right? Um, it's not an indictment on the players, but certainly it is interesting. From a standpoint of, uh, will one person take off from here? Will you have even like a 600-yard receiver this season? Because right now, I don't think you're on pace for even that. After last year, you had a couple guys with like 700 or more. Or I think Luke Grimm was right around there. But uh, yeah, man, I, stocks down on on some of that stuff and, and maybe prop bets on, on betting on some of the, the stuff with the receiver numbers, but not that stocks down on their performance or anything. I think it's just more of a, a usage thing and, and how the games have kind of gone. All right, we're going to get on to uh, what would be a good record over these next three games. What would be a positive uh over the next quarter of games into quarter number three of the season with uh, Oklahoma State, bye week, Oklahoma, and then the uh, Iowa State game after that. First, this episode of the show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun that you can have winning up to 25 times your money this football season or really any of the sports season. You just select two or more players. Players, pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry. You can get on, on like long-term stuff, like you can get in on long-term. Uh, LeBron's going to average this many points per game over the course of the NBA season, more or less. And Nikola Jokic is going to have more or less this many triple-doubles, right? Or you can get in on the short-term stuff, like uh, Patrick Williams is going to have more or less passing yards today. And uh, this MLB pitcher is going to have more or less five-and-a-half strikeouts today. You get to test your skills, it's a really simple way to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. So go to prizepicks.com slash lockedoncollege and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepick.com slash lockedoncollege with code college for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, what you're looking for, what you're hoping to see out of the team in this third quarter play your next three games. Uh, I mean, obviously one of them outside of the record and everything would be Jalen getting healthy. Maybe the bye week can help. You'd love to see him back in OU. Now, Jason Bean has been your starter the last two years in the light era there against OU, and they nearly beat him in Lawrence two years ago. And last year, they put up 42 points. So, you know, if, if you end up having to go Jason Bean, he's had good success there. Now, this OU defense is much better than any of the last two were, but still, um, you just want to see him get healthy. And if, if the end of this is he doesn't start any of the next three games, but then he gets healthy through the quarter and is healthy for the final three games push of the year, then that would be partially a success as part of this. Um, You want to see the defense not slow down or get weathered, especially against the run or as the year goes on, like last season. As the year went on last year, you started to struggle more and more against the run. You had injuries, you had depth concerns. You want to see that continue your success over what you've done this last quarter and over the first six games of the season. And then as far as the record, like obviously be competitive in every game, even if you do end up losing to a top 10, top five OU team, you know, Have it be more competitive than the Texas game, which the Texas game was competitive for what, three quarters, for two and a half quarters, something like that. You know, have every game be competitive at the very least. If you win two of your next three, I think you're going to be feeling great headed into the last quarter of the season. If you go three and oh, obviously it's going to be a party at that point. Uh, But if you go one and two, it's not the end of the world. You would still be bowl eligible. Six and three would still be a solid record heading into the last third of the season that would really set you up to win more games and have a winning record than you did from a season ago. Um, but one and two would also feel maybe a little bit disappointing, depending. So uh, two and one feels good. One and two feels OK. Oh, and three feels like, oh, no, what's going on? This is problematic. Right. So uh, that's kind of the different levels of this thing. But I think one to two wins, you take it. And anything more than that, you're uh, very ecstatic with. All right, we'll have our uh, quarter three report in like four weeks from now because you have the bye week in between as well. Nick Schwartz is going to join us on tomorrow's episode. We'll have our KU Oklahoma State preview later. Uh, Also, Keith Passmore is committing on Wednesday, so maybe we'll have a bonus episode of Locked On at some point coming at you. And uh, yeah, uh, plenty more to come with Locked On Jayhawks. So make sure to find our show wherever you get any of your podcasts or on our YouTube page where you can like and subscribe. See you next time with LOJ.